PS powered by Seth. Let it happen. Let it happen. Welcome to Line Noise. Things are coming thick and fast. Lots of interviews, uh, lots of things going on. It seems like only a week since our last episode. Well, that's because it is. Um, but it's not every day we get to talk to someone as interesting as Romy Madley Croft, who is a guitarist and vocalist with The XX, and now a solo artist who uh, whose brilliant single, Lifetime, has been one of the absolute highlights of lockdown. Um, it's all by Zoom. So you've got Zoom quality sound, um, but it's a great interview, I think, so I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Radio Primvera Sounds, and welcome to a very special guest, Romy Madley Croft, guitarist and vocalist with The XX, and now a solo artist who has been cheering up our lockdown with the brilliant single Lifetime. Romy, hello, and how are you doing? Hi, uh, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, and thanks for that intro. I'm, I'm happy that you think it, you've gotten cheered up, I hope, by it yourself. But um, but yeah, that was my, my only hope, is if it could bring a bit of, a bit of like, cheerfulness to, to everyone. Well, it certainly cheered cheered me up. Um, I, I wanted to ask, actually, what was it like um, making music during quarantine? Did you find yourself drawn to doing something very bright, or did you did you do it to make yourself feel better? Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, I mean, I think I guess like everybody when when I went uh, everything with COVID and lockdown sort of first began, I found myself feeling pretty anxious and. I had been making um, quite a lot of music for this solo project around that time. And I actually stopped and kind of focused more on like, is, is everybody around me okay? What's going on? And didn't really feel that inspired to suddenly kind of carry on writing music. But then I think something I realized, and it's something that I was drawn to doing when I was a teenager, when I was feeling a bit um, heartbroken or a bit un- unsure about what how I was feeling, I was drawn to writing and making music and that was kind of what how what led me to start writing, making music in the beginning and so I kind of just gravitated towards songwriting again as a way to sort of work through stuff and, and I guess cheer myself up and um, yeah Lifetime is is the song that came from it um, yeah I think it's I was really craving some some euphoria and um, and some positivity and I guess I just tried to pour that into this song do you think sort of generally that a lot of good music is going to come out of this lockdown time? Because I think I was thinking about this and it seems that some artists are really inspired by it. Other artists find it very difficult to make to make anything during, you know, during this difficult time. How do you think it's yeah. going to go? Um, I think it, it's, it's, it has the potential to really help people stop and create a lot of music and really look inwards. But not for everyone you know like everyone's different in the way they react to to what's going on like some people have I know I've spoken to have just been like oh I've just been too spun out from everything I can't make music and some people are like oh I can't stop making music I just want to go out and play it live I just want to DJ I just want to do stuff so I think it really depends but I I have a feeling that I think they're sort of everyone's sort of being forced to slow down and look inwards whether you're a musician or not um I think it, it has the potential for a lot of creative things to come to the surface. 
You made Lifetime with Fred again and um, Marta at Sol- Solonyi. I hope I pronounced yes. that right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Was it hard to collaborate during during lockdown? I mean, was it was did you manage to meet up in person or was it all sort of you know online collaboration? Yeah, um, it was it was a bit of a collage, but that wasn't a bad thing. You know, it was kind of just adapting to the to the times. But the um, the song was kind of built between Fred and I going back and forth over Zoom. Um, and, you know, sort of kind of piecing things back and forward and I would work on it and edit it and send it back and he would work on it. And, you know, I did that. And he also collaborated with his flatmate who is called Joy Anonymous and he um, worked a lot on it as well. And then I also got Jamie uh, from the XX to join in on one of the Zooms and, and uh, get give his feedback. We He worked on it, gave some additional production. And then when I was able to physically be um, with people again I um I met Marta and we um we just went through all the different collage parts and really kind of she really helped me like bring it together and give it its real um you know kind of make it all connect and we recorded the vocals together properly and structured it out and and brought it to life and that was so it was yeah it was kind of a pass the parcel I guess but um I'm really happy that it's, I think it sounds cohesive, even though it was kind of a bit of a back and forth. Well, I, I definitely wouldn't have guessed that it was made in that way. I mean, if someone had told me that, you know, you'd made it in, in a room, you know, back in February yeah. when we started, I would, I would certainly believe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there was the, the initial kind of beginnings of it was, was kind of, there was a peppering of it, like before lockdown, but we kind of left it and it was a case of being like, oh, you remember that thing? And then, but, but essentially the whole thing really came together over Zoom. I mean, it was like, you know, lyrics and, and, and everything and the drums and it was all just kind of that. I think that I was like, if at first it didn't, it, the drums came in at the end and I was like, I feel like this should just start. You press play and it just goes. That's, so I like removed the drums to the beginning, you know, made it sort of just feel like a fast moving car from the beginning. That was my kind of dream. When I was sitting here in my room, like stationary, I guess I was just craving that motion. I mean, it's an obvious question, but why Why did you decide to make a solo record? Um, it, well, I think it was a funny thing because it was, I was. I don't think I was the first to, to realise I was making a solo album in a way. Like I'd, um, I'd been making, the XX had finished touring our third album, um, this is a couple of years ago now, August 2018. And I was kind of just in a bit of a place where I wanted to keep making music and I wanted to keep writing, but I was, you know, we just finished touring an album. I wasn't sure that it was right to get straight back into the XX stuff. We were all kind of craving a little bit of a bit of time at home and just kind of a break. And so I sought out the opportunity to do some more songwriting with other people, um, you know, get involved and, and it's something I'd done for a little while, which is like pop writing and, and being put in with different people to collaborate. But I never thought, oh, this is for me. I always thought, oh, this is great. Someone else can sing it and I can just be part of the process. And I honestly think that was a confidence thing. It wasn't that I, I just didn't feel confident enough to think, oh, I could do this by myself. And so I was writing quite a lot of songs for people. Um, and it, it's quite abstract sometimes when it's not, you're not in the room, you say, oh, you get a message saying, okay, this person is looking for a song and within these themes and so I would work and then I, that's how I met Fred again um, through that sort of that, that world and we would meet and write these sort of hypothetical songs and for me they 
actually ended up being incredibly personal because I was thinking, well, I'm not going to sing this. I'll just be very open and honest. And then some people around me said, you know, you sure you want to give this song away? This is like clearly a very personal song. I was like, yeah, 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 give it away, give it away. Um, And in the end, I actually sort of sat on the songs for a little while and thought, actually, maybe I'll keep this song. And slowly my confidence kind of was like growing a little bit. And I thought I went and met Fred and I said, can we actually work on a song for me today? And he was like, of course. And it was like, he was, you know, sort of like, obviously that's fine. Like, that's great. And then he was very encouraging. Um, and, you know, from there, we've kind of just kept, kept going. Was it very different to sort of decide to write something for yourself? I mean, you mentioned, I think, hypothetical songs. Um, I'm fascinated by it by the sort of world of pop songwriting, you know, where people would like, well, I want a song that expresses, you know, bemusement or something like that. Um, yeah. Was it very different when you decided to do it for yourself? Was it like, okay, now this is for me? Or was it a roughly sort of similar process? Oh, it's very different. I mean, it's, you know, I think I enjoyed learning about that I could be more open in, in, in you know, and thinking at this time, thinking, oh, okay, I could just write this and someone else will sing it. And I think that kind of unlocked a different songwriting style for me. And I was reaching to sing out more, use a higher part of my voice, um, you know, kind of talk about different themes. So that I'd kind of, it was cool. I'd kind of learned some new skills in that. And then when it came to writing for me, the biggest uh, change and the one thing, the first song I wrote with Fred um is the lyrics are I love her you know and and embracing the fact that I love a woman and that's like something I never really kind of um dived into so much lyrically with the XX and yeah it felt really good to just sort of be more open about my sexuality within my solo work and that felt like unlocking again a different part and felt like okay this is this is for me to sing this is personal and so that that kind of um has been a new chapter as well so it's very personal, your, your solo music. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's really personal. And, and everything that we've ever done in the XX is, is incredibly personal. It's just that what's kind of, what's, we've, it's always been slightly um, veiled and abstract in itself because of the nature of it, the fact that Oliver and I share the songs, we share the storytelling of the songs, and we're not in a romantic relationship together. So, you know, it's more of a case of two people, are, like, thinking and exploring a feeling that is similar but not the same and not the same experience so I'm always telling half a story in the XX it's like I would write some lyrics and send them to Oliver and he'd bounce back or in the room we'd eventually for a long time we wrote separately and over iChat would would build a song out of shyness but you know then when we would sit together and even when we would talk it would kind of be like well I felt this once and, and then he'd say well I felt this once and so for me to have a, a solo album, it's like to start a song, it's kind of a new experience to tell the, the beginning, middle and the end of a story um, within a song. I mean, notably, one of the songs you, you, you wrote was um, Electricity, um, which was mm-hmm. uh, for Silk City and, and Dua Lipa. Again, how do you feel like when you're, you're handing that over? Um, are you kind of quite pleased? It's like, right, go and do you know, you can go and do something with it, I'm, I'm done? Or does it feel a bit like nervous? Like, what are you going to do with, with, with my song? <laughs> um, that was a really, that was a very new experience for me. Um, you know, I was, it was, 
I was asked by Mark Ronson to come in um, to listen to the song and to see if I could bring anything to it lyrically. He played it to me and it was a the instrumental and a vocal melody that had no words. It was just, um, it was essentially gibberish, but very, very beautiful and emotive gibberish, uh, sung by Diana Gordon, who's a, an amazing artist herself. And um, it was really inspiring because I was sort of having to listen to the melody phonetically and think, what can I, I really loved the feeling of what she was singing, but there was no words. So I was like, well, what can I bring here? How can I, how can I help tell a story? What does it make me feel? And then I thought at one point it sounds a bit like she says electricity, even though she doesn't. And then that sparked something in my head. And then, it, you know, I was asking Mark, like, you know, what did you want from this song? And we were discussing it. And then electricity was written. I sang the demo. You know, I, I said, I, I don't think that I'm in the place to actually sing this myself, like, but I'm very happy to be a part of it. They sent it out they, uh, to Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa heard it and said she would love to sing it. She then re-sang the parts, rewrote some parts, made it her very much her own, and has now gone on to make it the song that it is. And um, for me, I just I really loved watching it grow, watching her make it the pop song that it is, and have that that music video where she's like, you know, and the, the performances she did where she's like dancing incredibly and stuff. And thinking, wow, this is not something I could ever have done with this song. And how amazing is it to watch her take it in her world and yeah, that was that was an amazing experience to be honest, and also, but kind of new for me, having been involved in every single aspect of the process before with my own music, to then watch a music video come out, see the artwork come out, see the, the performances, and just be like, I don't know what's coming next, but it was great. I, I did really love, I loved it, but um, again, I was just one part of of quite a big uh, process in that journey of that song. you baby even electricity can't compare to what I, feel. I find it interesting that um some of my favorite records this year um including your own have um borrowed very much from disco um i mean Dua Lipa being one very good example yeah. um Kylie Minogue's recent records um Lady Gaga um to name but uh, Rashid Murphy, there's absolutely loads. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's loads. Jesse Ware. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, so many amazing uh, solo, uh, female solo artists this year have, have really embraced disco. I was thinking about that as well. Did you come to any conclusions why? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think that there is, a, there is a euphoria and there is a celebration of, of life in disco that has come from, you know, and I... I was speaking to someone who sort of insightfully said that disco was also, you know, around the time of, of the AIDS crisis, um, you know, when it really came to to a head and 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 how how much of a sort of sanctuary having a, a club of disco music to go to into would uh, would have potentially been at that time. And I remember thinking that was actually quite a beautiful thought and how that kind of escapism, that the, the euphoria and the kind of warmth of music. Um, of disco music can bring and that I hadn't thought of it like that before and, and I thought that maybe that's there's something within that as well with everything going on but I also think that these albums that have been released this year were probably made you know some of them were kind of finished before this pandemic began so it's kind of just interesting timing that they've you know for me the Lady Gaga album 
coming out in the first UK lockdown was an absolute gift. Like it was, it cheered me up so much to have that and to dance in my kitchen with my girlfriend. And like, it, it, you know, I was really craving that. Um, I'm glad so, someone else has been dancing in their kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So much dancing in the kitchen. I reached a point where I just, it all gets a bit much and I just realised I have to just turn, like, turn the lights off and, um, and, and just like, just listen to music really loud. That's been keeping me sane. I wanted to ask um, about, well, we mentioned Kylie and I recently found out, well, she talked about it, that, that she learned how to use logic during the lockdown. Yes. Um, yeah, I read that too. Have you, have you learned sort of similar skills and kind of what, what like music making machines or tools or things do you generally recommend? Yeah, I, I really loved um, that Kylie spoke out about how she got more involved in, in producing herself. And that's something that I think is will be really inspiring to a lot of um, a lot of people to hear. And I, I definitely have done that as well. I really wanted to just learn and get better at being more self-sufficient. Um, so I've, I've learned logic. I've like, had some lessons. I've been doing a lot more production myself. Um, and yeah, I'm just really using this this solo project to learn a lot more things to bring back so that I can, I want to be more involved in general with the more hands-on with the XX. That's like always been my dream. And yeah, lately in the studio, when um, Marta introduced me to a few people who are like amazing engineers um, uh, and a friend of mine now, uh, Francine Perry, who's incredible um, knowledge of synths and, 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 and like just kind of teaching me about analog instruments and just kind of getting a lot more hands-on with, sounds and being more involved in in the production and in the engineering of everything has been like it's just a real goal of mine just because I, I, I really I really really enjoy it as well just understanding I'm, I'm asking Marta a million questions like how's this done how do you do this how do you make that sound like that and I think that's that's something that I, I really want to that I really love being more I like to be involved in all of it. Obviously um, the XX uh, are a massively successful band um how do you find that your solo work relates to what they do i mean do you see it as part of the same thing or, part, or do you see it as something very very different um i mean it's it's yeah i feel like it's it's it feels linked to me I, d I don't think that it could ever be a different a whole different world i, I still feel like when jamie released his album this i could, you know the links to the xx were still really there and um yeah, you know, I think that, you know, in the influences I'm exploring within with sort of dance music, club classics, these things, they're all, we've, we've referenced that with the XX. You know, I was thinking about some covers we've done, um, you know, that like we have done quite a few, with, you know, like covers of, of like, like dance music from the like early two, like 2000s and stuff. And it's it all feels like these influences that have always been a part of our taste. And I think I'm just going a little bit more direct and like upbeat than we've ever gone, which is, um, I think it's, I, I just, I, I want to just, I, I, we've, all, I, we've had different methods of working with the XX, which is, you know, in the very beginning, everything that went on that first album had to be playable live. And I don't know who came up with that sort of rule, but it was this sort of shared um, kind of aesthetic or aspiration to be like, okay, that's, if we can't play it live, we can't record it into the, into, into logic and that created this minimalist sound and this simplicity but it was kind of an accident it wasn't that we were had this kind of 
you know, big oversight, like, oh, we're going to make a really minimal album. And people would say to us, oh, oh you made this, you know, how did you do it? What's the concept? And, you know, I think about, we were about 20 years old. We were, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of baffled that people were, were like sort of putting all of these different um, ideas on what we'd done. And we were just thinking, well, we just recorded what we play live. We recorded it. <laughs> um, and so I, I love that that was, that was our, um, and, and we carried that on and we, you know, we've let go of that more so on the third album. But um, I think with this solo project, I, I wasn't thinking in that way. I was just, I was coming from that more, from the more pop place that I'd, I'd been with the, the pop songwriting and just being like, what sounds good? What's fun? What do I like the sound of? And just embracing that rather than l- l- thinking so much about how it would be played live, which was great to let go of actually, because, you know, it's, it's just new and it feels like a new um like a, a new chapter. I don't blame you. We got carried away. I, I mean, the XX have a reputation which I suspect is entirely unfair for being a bit serious. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's it like backstage at an XX gig, for example? <laughs> um, I, 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 I think that's totally fair. I mean, I look, I look at the pictures of us when we first came out and I think we look like, really upset and like quite scared uh and serious and I think that we were so young and we were just like really shy back then and just like really taken aback by what was going on and um I just felt really uncomfortable in front of the camera and and I really loved being on stage but I really don't think it looked like it for a really long time um and I think that's really just from, from a, an insecurity in a place of, of just feeling shy and um, but you know behind the scenes and backstage, you know we're, we're three best friends and we've been friends since we were really young. So there's a you know it's just the same as any any like mates hanging out. It's very relaxed. You know we're just like quite silly. Like it's it's just hanging out, listening to music, getting ready. It's it's you know it's it's not quite as um, it's not not quite as serious as it seems. And I'd like people to you know hopefully. It, you know, in the future and, you know, we're going to make more music together. People can get to know us a bit more, but I think it's a, an age thing as well. I mean, almost the polar opposite of, of, of that uh, quite serious pictures, uh, the video to Lifetime, which is incredibly, for me anyway, who I'm, I'm yeah. quite a lot older than you, is very 80s rave friendly. Yeah. Was that conscious? Yeah. That influenced yeah. Definitely, I am. Um, I was really inspired by all of the Fiorucci sticker book um, artwork that it's kind of very much like acid house, 80s, uh, early 90s colours, neon, um, just this kind of bright, ravey feeling. And that just kind of fitted with me with the song. And, you know, it's just, um, yeah, it felt really natural. It's like I've just been drawn to these these acid like neon colours lately, uh, playing a in a football team and um, the, the neon yellow is our football team's colour. So it's just kind of these colours that have been kind of just around me lately. And it just felt fun to explore that. And I really, I really love that, that lyric video. I was, I was nervous to see like, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted so much for this first thing I was doing, the visuals to be right. And when they came back, I was, I was so relieved because it's kind of what I had in my head. So that was, that's always nice. Do you remember um, that, that kind of time? Um, you know, seeing those those kind of videos on on top of the pops and the, on the chart show. Are, are, are you too young for that kind of thing? Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like for me, it, there's this kind of. Um, I've been trying to understand it. There's this kind of 
hybrid nostalgia of things that I must have seen when I was growing up, things that I've seen on YouTube as I've gotten older, and they've all kind of formed into one. And I have this when I think about Ibiza and like, you know, I, I only went to Ibiza for the first time uh, as an adult this year, last summer. And yeah, I have this kind of dream of what it would have been like, Pasha back in the day, all of the lo logos and the posters of that, everything. And I think that's come from as well from watching like music videos when I was growing up and just this kind of dream of, especially some of the kind of pop dance from the early 2000s. I don't know, there's this kind of dream of it that I don't know if even ever existed that I'm kind of exploring what, what I'm drawn to. But I think that visually is kind of where I, where I want to be for the rest of the album within that sort of dream of, of the euphoria of back then. I'm wondering, obviously the album has, uh, sorry, the, the, the song has come out when it's come out and when no clubs are open. Um, yes. If times had been different um, and, you know, clubs have been open, like gigs have been open, do you think you would have been going to those kind of Ibiza clubs to play? I mean, I know you've been DJing quite a lot, or again, you before before all of this happened. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you, did you, could you see that happening? Like at somewhere where, where, you know, you're playing like, you know, big dance tracks at an Ibiza club? Yeah, I mean, that was, that would have been a dream come true. I had some offers there in Ibiza. I had some festival offers and, you know, obviously everything was cancelled, but I was preparing to, to get much more into that world and, and to sort of use this summer as, as a like kind of a you know, learning experience and listening to a lot of music and getting more inspiration for the album. And, um, you know, I've, I've made some some friends um, in the, in the DJ world um, through 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 doing this, and, and I've and I've sort of stayed in touch with them and have been collaborating on music, which has been brilliant. Um, and that's kind of the, the remixes that are coming out um, of Lifetime soon are a kind of reflection of, of some of the people I've met. And um, but yeah, I, I, I hopefully when when it's possible, I would love to do that. You mentioned remixes are coming out. Um, do, presumably there will be an album sometime. Is there anything you, you can say? Yes. <laughs> um, well, as of, as of right now, I don't have a date, but I'm, I'm working hard on, on getting it, on getting it done. It's, it feels exciting to have uh, put out one song just as a song, a standalone song, because I'm very used to working on, on things as a body of work and it being a really long time before a song comes out. And then I'm already in a different place. It's, it's really nice to, <clears throat> have made lifetime for it to come out relatively soon afterwards and to still be in the same mindset that it is uh, that I was then and um with and then to be able to bounce off that kind of reaction of it and then finish the album it feels exciting and new and yeah um, it's it's going to be more more sort of, of the, a similar vibe to lifetime and, and exploring that and hopefully you know at some point next early next year we'll have some something new well, just one more thing I want to ask, um, if I may. Do you, do you have any, uh, I was wondering if you could name one of your favourite kind of sad bangers. Obviously, this is a term people have been using. <laughs> um, that's yeah. where I would put, where I would put Lifetime firmly, firmly within that lineage. Do you have like a favourite or a couple of favourite sad bangers? Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got playlists and playlists. Hold on, let me just quickly check. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I feel like, yeah, I've made a playlist called Emotional Music to Dance to, um, which was kind of like an exploration of that, um, of, of the kind of happy, sad, sad bangers. Um, I guess my one of my favourite is called Touch Me by Ruda Silva. 
Um, it's essentially just kind of a beautiful, heartfelt song over this slowly moving, pulsating um, uh, like club track. And I always go back to it. I've done, a, I did a cover of it recently. And um, Roger Sanchez, Another Chance. Um, what else? So, uh, so many. <laughs> um, I really, there's a, a lot of everything but the girl um, on the Walking Wounded album. There's a Todd Terry remix of Wrong, which is amazing. It, you know, Missing by Everything But the Girl is incredible. That, the remix of that. Alice DJ, Better Off Alone. A lot of trance stuff. I've been getting quite into a lot of like, pop trance. Yeah. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, uh, Romy. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. I hope you yeah. get the album out soon. Um, and, you know, there's a lot more kitchen dancing. And <laughs> who knows? One, one day, one day. Yeah, I, well, um, I hope so. And I hope everyone stays safe and enjoys, enjoys some kitchen dancing <laughs> um, of their own. And that, thanks very much. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.